It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors to Tank, or not to tank? That is one of many questions we'll examine as we continue our two-part look at the stuff we want to see from the Raptors down the stretch with Vivek Jacob coming up on today's show. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, February the 21st, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the Hell website at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us as always for free in the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. It's free to join and we'd love to see you in there it's much appreciated when you support the show you can do that by joining the discord you can also do that by finding us on your favorite audio apps by following subscribing rating reviewing telling a friend word of mouth still a very big thing with podcast uh word spreading or whatever the hell i'm trying to get at uh find us on the audio apps support us however you can and of course run video as well go to youtube subscribe to the lockdown raptors youtube channel as we inch towards four thousand subscribers and uh thank you in advance for doing that and supporting the show hit the little notification bell you get a heads up every single time the show goes live so you never miss it uh anyway today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. make every moment more right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and we will get started here on part two of our look at the things we want to see from the toronto raptors down the stretch stretch run goals if you will and here to dig into our second set of goals we would like the raptors to strive for is our pal big v from sportsnet and 
the uh, lovely Raptors in Seven newsletter. Vivek Jacob, Big V, how's it going? Not bad. Just as good as I was five minutes ago. Ready yeah, man. <laughs> the magic of podcasting. We're wearing the same clothes as yesterday. No, we're not scrubs. We're just recording back-to-back episodes because it's All-Star Week. And what else are we going to do? We got to fill the time somehow. Uh, and yeah, let's run a little batch record. Big V, let's uh, just get right into it, shall we? We have uh, we were just kind of going back and forth on yesterday's show with things we want to see from the Raptors down the stretch. We talked about Emmanuel Quickly and Scotty Barnes getting that chemistry going. We talked about Grady Dick playing with the best Raptors players more often. You can go check out yesterday's show if you haven't yet. Um, I want to start here, though, because I do think this is going to be kind of the prevailing storyline with the fan base prevailing prevailing i'm good at saying words well uh down the stretch of the season and that is the whole draft pick situation of course to set the scene for those unaware the toronto raptors owe a top six protected pick to the san antonio spurs for the Jakob hurdle trade uh right now as we record here on tuesday afternoon the raptors have the sixth best lottery odds therefore they are the sixth worst team in the NBA standings right now. You might think, oh, wow, they're going to keep their pick. Aha, not quite that simple because being sixth gives the Raptors about a 45, 46% chance of actually keeping their draft pick anyway. So they're literally down to a coin flip. The Memphis Grizzlies are in seventh. They are really, really injured and probably going to lose steam, one would think, as you know they have important players on two ways who are about to hit the 50-day mark and all that stuff. They're probably not long for this race. Either they're going to tumble. The Portland Trailblazers right now are three and a half games worse than the Toronto Raptors. It's a lot of games to make up down the stretch. And so it seems like sixth, seventh, or maybe eighth with the Nets firing Jacques Vaughn and being really, really bad are kind of the spots the Raptors can land. And I know there's a lots of different sort of philosophical wonderings about what the Raptors should be doing regarding this draft pick. Big V, I will turn it to you. What do you want to see from the Raptors regarding this draft pick down the stretch i think listeners of this podcast know exactly what i think i think you should just uh play the games like you're a competitive real basketball team doing an entertainment product not piss away games and waste a third of a season and let the out of your control lottery balls fall where they might but where are you at with this what do you want to see from the raptors down the stretch as it pertains to draft pick philosophy yeah i personally would like to see um the pick convey this year mm-hmm. and I would like to see the Raptors have a pick in the better draft next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but I think based on the basketball that we've seen post trades, they seem to want the pick. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means in terms of setting themselves up for deals on draft day and better positioning themselves that way. Um, and, and what that might entail, it still might not mean, you know, actually keeping the pick, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense of, you know, the conversation that we're having, whether it's to, you know, be bad enough or whether uh, to be good enough to not have it, um, they might still work it into a trade or something like that. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think that seems to be their perspective of it, uh, which I disagree with. I would rather just have the pick next year. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll come down to judging, you know, if you do get the pick, what type of deals are done thereafter in the summer. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a big summer, right? 
Huge summer. Yeah. And I don't know if I totally agree that they've sort of telegraphed that they want to keep the pick. I think they've been trying. They're just bad. <laughs> so I think there's a difference between like actively trying to lose games versus um, you know, just kind of not having the juice to win games. And frankly, I think the way they've played, considering the talent they have on hand, has been pretty pathetic for the most part. And like I do think there is more in terms of results to be milked out of this roster down the stretch um it comes down to whether or not they kind of pack it in right and turn any sort of little injury into a season ender and you know we've seen this movie before we saw it with the raptors back in the tampa season where the entire team got covid when they were just kind of hitting their stride and then they packed it in fair enough they got scotty barnes out of that I, i think this year i i think just because of how messed up this season has been how fractured it's been how little time They've actually had to sort of instill Darko Ryakovich's system and philosophies. How many, how a little time they've actually just had to play with the team that they know more or less they're going to go into the future with. I think it's really important to actually play out the string of these games and not waste time just saying, well, we can't get to the play in. So what's the point in playing these games? And I think obviously the wrinkle of the pick protection fuels this whole philosophy if, if the raptors had no shot right now at you know at, or, or sort of you know had a guaranteed shot at keeping their pick then i'd be like okay fine you know i get it i disagree with the sort of principle in a thing that's supposed to ostensibly be a competitive enterprise but i understand why they would go and try to tank down but right now it's so out of their control anyway that i would rather just see them make use of these last few games And there are upsides to both things, right? I think conveying the pick, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of value to that. Just going into the summer with a clean slate. This is a draft that, you know, has been sort of branded by those who know about the draft as not very top heavy in talent, but kind of deep in guys who could be decent contributors. And so you have the Pacers pick at 18. You have 31 or 32, depending on where the Pistons finish up. Like those are two picks that are going to be valuable in this draft in a range where, you know, the sort of consensus seems to be that like 15 through 45 is very, very similar in terms of talent pool you're pulling from. You're going to get two useful players, you would think, with those picks if you trust your scouting and all of that. And so it's not like you have nothing if you convey your pick to the Spurs this year. Obviously, it's nice to get top-end talent as well. And as much as we look at this draft and say, ooh, it stinks, like getting a top four pick or whatever, if they happen to get some lottery luck, that's great. Like that's a valuable thing to add to this team if they choose to use that pick and add to this team. Maybe they get Alex Saar, who's a big center who could be sort of a big man of the future. There's lots of other players that we'll examine in this spot, Ron Holland, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about it once we know if the Raptors actually have their pick. You know, there are things, there, there are upsides to getting the pick. I just don't know if the upside is so clear and obvious and so outweighing the upside of just conveying the pick and getting it off the books that I, I need to see them go and try to catch the Blazers or whatever, right? Like, it's going to take a lot to catch the Blazers. The Blazers are really bad and have a three-and-a-half game edge in the standings, if that's how you're looking at it. And, and you know, it really comes down to, to, to it being an optics thing, right? Where, okay, you give up the seventh pick in the draft. That's bad. Like you don't want to be doing that, but beyond the optics of it, I I don't see really all that much of a difference in terms of just like the team building value versus getting a top six pick in this year's draft, which everyone deems not very good at the top versus just conveying it, having your pick in next year's draft and having all of your picks again at your disposal this summer to try to go and make something happen. Like 
am I missing something here? Is like, is it some great, you know, indignity if the Raptors don't get the sixth overall pick in this draft? Like, I, I just think the optics of it are really the thing that has people hanging up on it more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've kind of gone ad nauseum on what the ramifications are either way. And mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, you know, I respect the front office enough to just say that, hey, if they see value in keeping the pick and, you know, having that flexibility between, say, 6, 17, and 31, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just having 17 and 31, uh, then obviously mm-hmm. they might have something in the works, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I think, you know, how that plays out, again, all comes down to just evaluating the summer. If it, if it comes down to keeping the pick, then, okay, w- w- what transpires? Are you actually using the pick? Are you, does it go, uh, does it get worked to, into another deal? Um, and then obviously it's very clear if the pick uh, just conveys this year, right? And as you mm-hmm. said, clean slate going to next year, you have that pick handy. Um, you're not uh, under any kind of pressure uh, in terms of what your record is next season, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if if things continue to be a struggle next year, then hey, that's no issue at all because you got your pick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also, I would say, like, you know, again, if the Raptors jump up to one, two, three, or four, great. That's that's the high end talent play. Sixth and eighteenth, like, not that wide a golf. Sure, it'd be nice to have two shots at that and get both six and eighteen in a given draft. But like, if you go back through history, six versus eighteen, it's really not that much of a golf in terms of what you're looking at. If you outside of the top three or four. The talent drop off every year is basically the same. And so, uh, again, I'm not so pressed. I just want to see them play competitive ball, man. It's been a nightmare season as a fan, uh, just as far as like watching interesting basketball every night. It'd be cool to close this off on a pretty nice stretch of, all right, you know, the pick is out of our control. Let's just play the games we have in front of us, see what kind of foundation we can lay and have a bit of a, a happy go lucky, even if it's a bit of full of a fool's gold close to the season. That can be a nice way to send you off into the summer and next season with some good feelings in your heart. Um, we'll leave that for that for now. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get to your next thing you want to see from the Raptors down the stretch. Big V, we'll do that in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Maybe you're a Raptors fan who's been disenchanted by this season and you want to go and do the happiness hedge. You're sick of the Raptors making you sad with the way they lose games. Well, throw a little money against the Raptors on a given night and you just might find yourself winning some scratch and making it all feel a little bit better. That's one way you can do it. Again, a bunch of different ways to go on FanDuel and mess around. You can do futures bets and all of that good stuff. All sorts of different sports available for you as well. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Vivek Jacob from Sportsnet and Raptors in 7 is here as we continue on part two of the stuff we want to see from the Raptors down the stretch series of podcasts. Big V, I will turn it over to you. What is your next thing that you really have an eye on that you really want to see from the Raptors over the last 27 games of the schedule? Well, it's not so much something I have an eye on because I don't have a huge expectation of it happening. Mm -hmm. But I personally would like to see um, Jakoperto and Kelly Olenek to go into a bit of a timeshare. Sure. uh, I think there are certain matchups where I would like to see Kelly Olenek in the starting lineup and have Yak come off the bench. Uh, okay. Just to see what that looks like. So say, for example, you've got a game against uh, the Nets and the Hawks coming up, right? What does it look like if you have a stretch big like Kelly going up against someone like a Nick Claxton? Or if you're mm-hmm. going up against the Hawks, someone like a Clint Capella or Nyeka Okongwu, you know, what, what does that stretch big look like with the starting lineup um, as opposed to off the bench? And so I would like to see the team go into a bit of a timeshare. Um, obviously we've seen it in the past between, um, you know, Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas, uh, mm-hmm. not so much, you know, once Marcus all came over, he was pretty much the certified starter. Uh, but I, I do think in terms of learning as much as possible, uh, and what that prototype of Kelly brings to the table, I would like to see, uh, this, the starting center role become more of a timeshare. Uh, that's interesting. I hadn't even really thought about that. I, I, I don't even know. Huh. I, I guess, yeah, like Yaka's has had matchups. Specifically, it feels like against more sort of rim running, super athletic types where it's been a bit of a problem. Like he's, I think, quick enough and sort of nimble enough to hang with the more sort of spacey bigs in the league. It just seems like he just kind of gets beaten at his own game a little bit by the more sort of, let's say, dunky types. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure Olenek provides much more resistance to like the Jared Allens of the world, but right. it's a wrinkle on the other end where you kind of force them to kind of spread out their defense a little bit more. I, I like it. I actually, I'm, I'm kind of in on this idea. Um, I think I'm a little bit more intrigued by the idea of them playing together too a little bit. That might come with its own defensive struggles, but you know, we've talked about Grady Dick sliding into the starting five over uh, Gary Trent Jr. I, I, you know, I could totally see an argument for Kelly Olynyk taking that fifth spot as well, just offering a little bit more playmaking, a little bit more connectivity, and a little bit more shooting, obviously, to kind of replace what you lose in Gary and having just more size on the floor. Not to say that Kelly is going to go and stay in front of perimeter fours and who are going to, you know, blow by him and stuff like that. But I think just size is valuable and, and having Kelly Olynyk out there with Jakob Pertl could be useful but yeah I, i'm not against it man i think that's a pretty interesting one with the with kelly swapping in for yaka Pertle. do you think that is 
like again, it's like an optics thing, right? It's oh, this guy you traded your first round pick for, who you might you're probably going to convey, or you might convey is not even starting for you. Is that like an optics thing they can stomach? Uh, you know, that's yeah. something that I'm yeah. sure will cause people to get very angry, even if the results are good. Um, you know, I, I think look, the Jakob Pertle trade toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't put it back. You got to live with what you got. Um, but do you envision that being maybe like a, a reason why they might not do this? Um, not so much just because I feel like with Kelly, there's, you might have a bit of an agreement in place. Doug Smith suggested there might be, uh, yeah. you know, an extension coming. The uh, Mike Conley treatment coming to uh Kelly Olenek near you, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just former so, Utah jazz glue guys getting paid. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's just the fact that he's someone that is valued by the Raptors. And, mm -hmm. uh, this is another thing that Bobby Webster has said after the deadline, right? It's like, hey, we want to see what a Kelly prototype looks like next to Scotty. Well, hey, yeah. the best way to do that is to get him in the starting lineup. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I, I don't think there should be a complete changing uh, of the center, center position. I think it's just you go into a timeshare. If the matchup uh, suits you know, things you're trying to find out. And again, I made the example of, hey, if you're going up against Nick Claxton and the Brooklyn Nets, if you're going up against a Clint Capella uh, with the Atlanta Hawks, I think there's something to find out there, right? Mm -hmm. and so what does that just look like? And, you know, you have somewhat of a sample size to look at and say, oh, okay, this is what it kind of figures to be. Yeah, it makes sense. And like, you know, we lived it, right? With Ibaka and Gasol, having 48 minutes of reliable center play and differentiated center play is a really nice thing to have on your team. Um, obviously I would say, you know, Pirtle and Olenek both below Ibaka and Gasol at their levels when they were with the Raptors. So we're not, you know, doing a like for like comparison here, but um, you know, having those different looks for two guys who are, you know, exceedingly competent, I think would be very nice. It's not like they're throwing Jonte Porter out there to be like, oh, what does Scotty look like with a with a spacing big who doesn't really do anything else? Like Olenek does a lot of stuff to kind of connect. That would be, I think, sort of the one concern, right? We saw when Pirtle was out how just sort of unconnected and lifeless the offense seemed. They didn't have most of their playbook available to them. Is there any concern that taking Pirtle out, who's very clearly been a real agent for competence, someone who has helped set up the canvas to be one upon which development can happen. Does Olenek in for Pirtle affect that at all to you as when it comes to, you know, things like screening and, um, you know, passing and role gravity and stuff like that. Like, I, I think obviously very different players. I think Pirtle's skill sets are very valuable to what the Raptors are trying to do. Would Olenek's different skill sets cut into the developmental potential for the main guys down the stretch, do you think? Well, I think offensively, Yak's role gravity has mattered. Um, I think the passing ability, I, I wouldn't, you know, pick between them. Uh, I think Kelly's a really good passer. I think uh, uh, the positives of that spacing and being able to play that five-out offense uh, would certainly intrigue me. Obviously, defensively, there's going to be some concerns. Mm -hmm. Um but again, that's the positive of just having Yak there, right? I think before, when you talk about this stretch without Yak, it was the fact that you didn't have him at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so you're relying on, oh, and while we're making comparisons, Kelly's better than Jonte Porter. And so uh, I like Jonte. <laughs> I, I think there's, 
uh, a, a decent player there. But uh, right now, uh, with where their careers are, I think you'd certainly take Kelly over Dante. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, uh, again, it's just about asking these questions that are worth asking, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do think it's worth asking, hey, what does, uh, you know, a center that can shoot the ball look like next to uh, a quickly and a Barnes and an RJ and, yeah. and just help you inform uh, your decision making in the long term. Yeah, to answer my own question, I don't think I'm concerned at all if Olenek's in there and sort of the drop off in competence. It would be a different looking team, but I do think like you know having Olenek. We talked about yesterday the spacing issues that Pirtle provides when you're talking about the quickly Barnes, you know, two man game. You know, you want to run a little, you know, Scotty is your sort of nominal offensive center with quickly and Olenek spacing. All right, I can get on board with that. That probably helps you massage that two-man combination a little bit more effectively than when Yaka Pirtle's even in there. So I think there are, you know, sort of upsides and downsides of having both guys in, but both guys can bring things that help do the thing that's important down the stretch, which is develop the chemistry and the fit and the just overall games of Barnes quickly Barrett, Grady Dick, Ochai, those guys who kind of matter for what's coming up down the line. Um, so I'm with you there. An interesting one that I did not expect to get dropped on me today, dude. Uh, we'll come back on the other side, see what other surprises Big V has in store. We're going to go rapid fire through our last things we want to see out of the Raptors down the stretch. We'll do that coming up in just one sec. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And look, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job site. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That's with a B, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have the, that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting their job. That's pretty sweet. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many different hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. I've been a hiring manager before in my time. It's a lot, and you can't really do other stuff on top of it to really make it all work. LinkedIn helps you by making that so, so much easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers and we round out the show here. Big V, Vivek Jacob, along as we trudge through the many things we want to see from the Raptors down the stretch, uh, you know, kind of nullifying the notion that there's nothing to play for. There was a lot for the Raptors to sort out here after a season 
of messiness and uncertainty and broken timelines and all of this stuff. So uh, to close out here, we're going to rapid fire through our final things we want to see from the Raptors down the stretch of this season. Before we do that, however, just a quick heads up. Locked on Sports Today 24-7 is your daily all-day Locked On feed on YouTube. Go subscribe. Locked On shows covering all the biggest stories in all the sports all day long from the national shows as well as the local shows with the local experts covering with the expertise you only get from Locked On. Go do that right now. Locked On Sports Today 24-7. All right, Big V, let's go through some quick rapid-fire things we want to see down the stretch from the Raptors. I'll go first here. Uh, I want to see the Raptors uh, give us some clue as to what the hell they're trying to do on defense, man. Uh, it's been an interesting year, no continuity whatsoever on that end. I don't begrudge them necessarily for not being like a top 10 defense. It was sweet when they were for the first like two weeks of the season before the starting lineup that started the year fell apart. But you know, it's just, there continues to be very little in terms of an identity to what they want to do on defense. The thing I've been checking all season long is sort of the shot distribution that they're allowing to opposing teams. Does it give us an inkling as to what their defense is aiming towards? And this Raptors defense is just kind of like meh at everything. They're 16th in rim percentage allowed in terms of frequency. They are 12th in terms of mid-range frequency allowed. They're 20th in terms of non-corner threes allowed. They're 12th in terms of corner threes allowed. 16th in terms of threes allowed overall. There's no, I think funneling of one specific kind of shot there's no sort of attention being paid to any specific area of the floor it's just kind of rolling five guys out there and saying stop the ball would you and they're not doing that big v any thoughts on the defense things you'd like to see on that end of the floor as they try to just kind of get their house in order after a season where their house has been in shambles yeah, hopefully, you know, some of it is just, you know, all the new faces that have come in and having to make the adjustments and uh, we'll see a better team defensively down the stretch here. Um, for me, if, you know, you want to teach good habits, if you want to teach, you know, commitment to the cause and just hustling like crazy. Another thing I want to see is Chris Boucher be a consistent part of the rotation. Down the hey, there you go. Sneaking in a little guy. This is great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I think that if he wasn't going to be a part of the rotation, if you didn't see him a, a, as a part of the team, then you should have moved him at the deadline. Hmm. Um, he's here. He, he is a part of this roster. I think he brings some valuable elements for this young team to learn from. Um, and we saw that. <laughs> to uh, go into the all-star break. Uh, and I think that he needs to be a co consistent part of this rotation. Um, and yeah, sure, he'll have his uh, down moments. But I think on the whole, over these final 27 games, uh, there'll be more positives from him than negatives. Yeah, I like that. I, I think Boucher, the last game was the last game before the break. He came came in and had himself a, a really nice stretch of minutes. And, you know, again, I understand why he had been phased out before the deadline. I, I think they were pretty clearly trying to move him. I guess they just couldn't find a deal to their liking or that worked financially or whatever. Uh, but now that he's here, like, might as well play him. He's here for another year and a half. And, you know, if nothing else, you make him a more viable guy to move next season as an expiring contract or in the summer, whatever it might be. And, you know, you also might get some pretty competent basketball out of him. He's a dude who always brings the energy, always brings the punch. And that's the thing this team has been sorely lacking. They have been 
not the team to throw the blows in a lot of these games. And Chris Boucher maybe amps up their possibility of being that kind of team. Um, another one I had here, just a, a quick one. Can one of Ochai Abaji, Jonte Porter, or Javon Freeman Liberty, who's been carving up the G League, kind of just find their way into the no doubt plans for the team? I, I don't think Jonte Porter is really on that level. I, you know, he's shown some nice things. I think a third big is kind of where he nets out, probably just because of his inability to make a two pointer and his just general sort of slow lateral quickness. You know, there's stuff that you like about him. If he can hit a three, it changes the game, obviously. Um, but like Javon Freeman Liberty obviously has some juice. Uh, Ochai Abaji is, you know, I don't think yet sort of a sure thing in the long-term plans. We can add Jordan Warren into this as well, although I'm kind of out on the Jordan Warren experience already. Um, you know, can one of those guys, you know, make a claim to, oh yeah, we're going to be in the rotation as one of the top eight or nine guys next season. There's nothing you can do about it. I think that's a, a pretty interesting subplot here. Do you have any faith in any of those guys in particular of kind of seizing the day and becoming a no-brainer part of the plans next season? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, Nora showed a little bit to be excited about. Um, he did those, in two games, and the rest has been then, a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think when you look at that, that potential it's there. It's just, you know, can he figure it out defensively? That's why he's moved from team to team, right? It's because he hasn't been able to get uh, on the level they need him to be defensively. And so mm -hmm. if uh, he can figure it out, uh, history shows that he won't uh, because that's why teams have moved on from him. And so we've seen kind of that ceiling of what he offers to this team, which can be pretty useful. But um, beyond that, uh, I like JFL a lot. Um, he hasn't got the opportunity yet. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how this plays out down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you would think no more Dennis Schroeder suggests that maybe there's some run there at the guard spot for uh, Javon Freeman Liberty at some point. Obviously, Bruce Brown's there too. Um, you know, I think Abaji is probably like the leader in the clubhouse as far as guys who might be able to make a claim to next year's team, even though I don't think he's shown a ton so far. Uh, you know, he just kind of has a bit more pedigree and, you know, he's under contract for another couple of seasons. That, that is probably the guy, but, you know, the fun one is Javon Freeman Liberty coming in and like kind of blowing up the spot a little bit. Also, like we have to say, beware the March and April, you know, surge for a young player because it's not always real for every, uh, you know, Jason Tatum catching fire in the back half of a season. There are a thousand Freddie Gillespie's and Malachi Flynn's. So, you know, hold off a little bit on your sort of optimism if one of these guys starts to pop but if one of those guys by the end of the season can say i am a part of the rotation next season there's nothing you can do about it i think that's a success like that you're not going to hit on all these guys but one of the four really kind of standing out and saying you know what make me part of the plans that would be pretty sweet do you have any last things you want to see from the raptors down the stretch here big v before we close out the show Oh, one final thing uh, I'll throw in there is uh, just RJ. Uh, you know, can mm -hmm. he continue to sustain what he's done as a Raptor on the offensive end? He's shooting 61% on twos. Uh, he's shooting 36% on threes. So we'll, we'll, how will that play out the remainder of the season? Um, and can he start to take steps defensively? It's, it's not necessarily something I expect midseason. Um, but can he 
uh, improve on on that end in terms of guarding his position uh, and being a better uh, perimeter defender. So that that's probably one thing I'll throw in there. Yeah, RJ's defense, that'd be a nice thing to see perk up. There's no doubt about that. Uh, with that, we will leave it there. Big V, thanks so much for hanging out for two podcasts with me. You're a crazy man for spending this much time <laughs> with me, uh, but I appreciate you to no end. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Uh, just uh, you can check out my NBA work for Sportsnet. You can check out uh, my Raptors takes at my new newsletter, Raptors in 7. And you can check out uh, everything that's going on with Cricket Canada uh, on the Cricket Canada website as I continue to do that as well. Hell yeah. Everyone go support all of Big V's fine works all over the internet. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, you can find me at Woodley Sean on the bad website, Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The direct line to me, baby, is the Discord. Come hang in there. We would love to see you become part of our Locked On Raptors listener family. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. I think Katie Heindel's probably going to stop by. We might catch a little all-star update from all that went down. She was in Indianapolis this past weekend. We'll keep on looking ahead to the final stretch for the Raptors as well. Friday, we'll break down Raptors nets as the Raptors get back in action. It's all coming up for you this week. And then, uh, yeah, stretch run time. It's a different kind of stretch run. They're not pushing towards much, but uh, we will cover what we can cover as the season comes to a close over the next couple of months here. And then, of course, draft season will kick into high gear. So you have all that to look forward to. Thanks so much for hanging out. Again, uh, all the audio apps, YouTube, subscribe. Get us to 4,000 subs, all that good stuff. We will talk to you again on Thursday for another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.